Here is a sermon message from Somerville Community Baptist Church. To hear more sermons like this, please visit ilovescbc.org. We have been looking at our sermon series, Jesus, the Master Storyteller. And we've seen in the previous weeks parables that Jesus told. And we've seen his poignant lessons that come through that were true 2,000 years ago and still remain absolutely true today. And that's what we're going to find today as we look at the parable of the unforgiving servant. Its truth is as pertinent today as it was when Jesus told it. And as we see with this parable and other parables that Jesus tells, they are designed to bring a clear teaching point. There's usually one point that Jesus is trying to convey to his followers, and he uses a story to make that point in a way that they will understand it, that they will resonate, that they will know what he is trying to say. So as we come to these parables, we're looking for what's that one thing, one thing that we need to learn. Today, it's going to be forgiveness, that we need to forgive others. As we come to this parable, we find um, its placement here in the book of Matthew is that this teaching on forgiveness is nestled right between two teachings on broken relationships. So coming right before this parable, there is a discussion of what to do with a sinful church member and the break in the fellowship that takes place within the church as a result of someone's sin. Following this parable, there is a discussion on divorce and what to do when there is brokenness in that relationship between a man and his wife. In both of those cases of broken relationships, Jesus is seeking restoration. How important is forgiveness in the restoration of human relationships? Forgiveness at times almost feels like this magic elixir for solving most relationship problems. If we could just sprinkle a little fairy dust on forgiveness, wow, what a difference that would make. But what we find is that forgiveness is not some magical thing, but rather forgiveness is very intentional. It is an act that we make because we choose to do it, and it is an act that is very hard. I've just yet to meet a person who says, yeah, this forgiveness thing, I've got it down. No problems. Easy. No. We all struggle with unforgiveness. Today, I'm going to challenge all of us, to be people who are willing to forgive others. In the parable today, what takes place is that Peter comes up asking Jesus about how many times we should forgive people. And Jesus makes it clear that forgiveness should keep on going. And to make his point, he tells the story of a king. And this king brings this man before him who owes this enormous debt It's described as 10,000 bags of gold, which is just an amount that can't even be calculated. A rough estimate by our human standards is this amount 
over $5 billion. So when Jesus provides this amount, he, what he's saying is this is just an uncalculable amount. This is an amount that no one could pay. Really more money than they even had in their world. And so when this man comes owing this huge sum, the king is like, you can't pay it? You. I'm taking you and your family and I'm imprisoning you all until you can pay back the debt. And this debting man pleads with the king, please, please forgive me. And the king has mercy, forgiving that enormous debt. And then this forgiven man goes and finds someone who owes him a paltry sum by comparison. By our human standards, maybe just under $10,000. Right? A lot of money, absolutely. But compared to what he owed, nothing. And this forgiven man grabs the man who owes him and says, pay me back. And the scene is repeated once again as this man who owes the much smaller sum says, please forgive me. And the forgiven man says, no. Well, the king has eyes and people are watching. And they tell the king, hey, that man you forgave, he is now trying to take money from someone else. He is not showing the forgiveness that you gave to others. And the king brings back that man and says, you know what? I'm going to reinstate your debt since you were not able to forgive. Jesus makes the point through this parable is that we are to forgive others as God has forgiven us. And in fact, as Jesus explains this parable and actually comes through in other teachings as well, and we see it actually even in the Lord's Prayer that we say each and every Sunday here, is that the forgiveness that we receive from God is contingent upon the forgiveness that we extend to those around us. That God's forgiveness comes as we are willing to forgive others, forgive our trespasses. As we forgive those who trespass against us, we need to be people who are willing to forgive. We need to be willing to forgive in the small things, the little bit bigger things, the huge, life-destroying things. We need to be willing to forgive all of those. As we move through the text today, we're going to look at some things to be wary of and some truths that come out. And we'll move quickly through those. So the first thing we want to be wary of is we want to be wary of human moral standards. Matthew 18, 21. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? So when Peter comes and asks Jesus about this forgiveness, Peter is offering to give people seven times, which is a really a pretty a magnificent amount by Peter's understanding. Peter was taught three times. You could be, forgive someone three times. So when Peter comes up and offers seven, he's more than doubled the amount that he has been taught. By human moral standards, seven is an enormous amount. But Jesus is going to say, no, Peter, that's not what we're going for. Jesus is saying, yeah, really it's 77 times. And when Jesus says that, that's hyperbole. He's not asking you to count how many times you forgive people. He's saying, just keep 
forgiving others. So one of the first things that we see in this parable is that we want to be cautious with the moral standards around us. People around you are not going to encourage forgiveness. And they're certainly not going to encourage forgiveness over and over and over. That advice you receive from a friend or a co-worker uh, may not be so helpful when it comes to forgiveness. Because they're going to want you to hold that grudge. They want you to get back at the other person. They're going to stoke the frustration that you have. Jesus, however, says you should just keep on forgiving. Second thing we want to be wary of is we want to be wary of collateral damage. Let me read from Matthew chapter 18, verse 25. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children, all that he had to be sold to be repay the debt. So we have this man who is unable to repay his debt, and the king says, hey, you know what? You're, you're going to have to repay it. In fact, I'm taking your wife and your children as part of this as well. So his debt that he owed, his wife and children are suffering the consequences with him. They are part of collateral damage, the untended harm to people around us. And we can only imagine that when his debt is reinstated later, that harm once again comes upon his wife and children. And it is simply absolutely true that in a place where there is not forgiveness, in unforgiveness, there is collateral damage. There is damage to the people around us because we are unwilling to forgive. We bring our anger, we bring our frustration, we bring our annoyances, and instead of experiencing a joyous time together, those around us get to experience our bitterness, get to experience our accusations. Wouldn't it be easier if we just move forward with unforgiveness? Have you ever been out to eat with someone and, you know, their meal wasn't quite right? And they just grumble and complain. Not much fun, is it? A lot of collateral damage. Wouldn't it be easier? Wouldn't it be easier? Wouldn't it be a better time together? That person would just be like, ah, yeah, you know, and just went on. Everyone keeps smiling. In unforgiveness, there is absolutely collateral damage. Truth, third thing we want to see is there is a truth, and that is that God is forgiving. We have a forgiving God. Matthew chapter 18, verse 27. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. Our God is a forgiving God, and people struggle with this sometimes. They think God cannot keep on forgiving them. They think that the actions they have done are simply too egregious for a loving God to forgive them. They look upon their repeated pattern of failures over and over again in their life. And they say, can God really forgive me? I don't think so. But our God is a forgiving God. And as Jesus tells this parable, the amount that this king is forgiven, I told you, it's, a, it's an amount that's beyond calculation. That's the point that Jesus is making, is that God, God, the king in the story, but God to us, is willing to forgive the worst that we can do. 
Our God is a forgiving God. And when you come and you think to yourself, I just don't think I can be forgiven. That's not the Spirit of God talking to you. That is a lying spirit. Because the Spirit of God will always tell you that you are forgiven. We serve a forgiving and a merciful God. Fourth thing is we want to be wary of pursuing fairness. So that's Matthew chapter 18, verse 28. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. So this forgiven servant goes out. And he finds someone who owes him money. Legitimately owes him money. And by comparison, it's just a paltry sum. It's nothing. But he is owed that money. And he says, give it to me. By all understandings of what's fair and what's deserved, he should be able to receive that money. But he doesn't understand that his relationship is with God. His relationship is with that king who has forgiven him. That should be the guiding factor in his life, not what he can extract from people around him. In the same way, We should be cautious of pursuing fairness in our relationships. Because you see, God isn't fair with us. Because if God was fair with us, then our debts would be held against us. But because God is unfair with us through God's mercy, we are able to have a relationship with God. In the same way as we think about other people, Let us not be always trying to make sure that we get our due, what we deserve, what we've earned. Because that's not how God works with us. And we should not pursue it with other people. Have you ever been around someone? Maybe you said this yourself. Maybe I've said this myself. You know, it's really not the money. It's the principle of the matter. Oh, you've heard it. I've heard it. And don't say it. It's terrible. It's not helpful. It doesn't show a relationship with God. It just shows a person who wants to take what they can. The principle of the matter. We need to be forgiving people. And forgiving people don't hold to the principle of the matter. Forgiving people forgive others. And they're not worried about some sort of balance that needs to be equaled out. They say, God forgives me. I'm going to forgive you. Fifth thing we want to look at today is we want to be wary of hypocrisy. Wary of hypocrisy. Matthew chapter 18, verse 31. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. So this unforgiving servant, right, he's seen by the king's servants. And they report back. They report back the hypocrisy of the forgiven man. 
He wanted one standard for himself, and he was applying a different standard for others. Specifically, he wanted mercy for himself, judgment for others. Isn't that what we struggle with too? It's so easy to see life through our own lens, our own life, our own wrongs that people have done to us. And whenever we make a mistake, ah, we've got excuses. You know, it wasn't really my fault. It was just the circumstances that I found myself in. But when we look at the failures of others, particularly as it affects us, no excuse. No mercy is given. It is hypocrisy. And it is seen by others and it is clear to others around us. There is simply no way that we can advocate for our Lord Jesus Christ to those around us when we live with unforgiveness. Because people are going to ask, how can this person who claims to follow Jesus, who claims to have been forgiven by God, not show an ounce of mercy to those around. It is a, a question that rightfully is brought because hypocrisy is so easy to see. Let us be people who are willing to forgive others. Sixth thing we want to look at is we want to be wary of God's judgment. Matthew chapter 18, verse 34 in, his, in anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. It seems that this forgiven servant has misjudged the character of the king. He thought the king would simply let that mercy go on forever. But he forgot that king with someone who demands justice. And even in the midst of mercy given, justice still reigns supreme. Same way with our God, who is a forgiving God. And we've talked about how our God is a forgiving God. But our God is also a God who demands justice. Who demands that wrongs be accounted for. And in the midst of our God willing to bestow mercy upon us, doesn't mean that our God has in any way given up the justice that is demanded. Can you tame a tiger? Right? Can you have a tiger as a pet? You know, some people try. They take that wild animal and, you know, they say, I'm just going to raise it a certain way and it's going to be like a household cat, this huge wild tiger. And they think they've tamed it. But what do they find out? They find out when that tiger's paw comes across their body or those massive teeth grip down upon them that that tiger was always wild. It was never going to be tamed. Our God is always just and always forgiving but always both, and we should never forget that. Seventh thing we want to look at today is the truth, is that we must forgive others. 
Matthew chapter 18, verse 35. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. We must be willing to forgive others from our heart. That is what Jesus teaches us. That is what Jesus expects from us. And as I mentioned earlier, is the very portion of the Lord's prayer, this willingness to forgive others. If we want to receive the forgiveness of God, then we must be willing to forgive others. And one of the things that we see is that the forgiveness that we have from God is contingent. It's contingent on our willingness to extend that forgiveness to those around us. Because how can we truly experience the mercy that our God shows upon us and the relationship that results as a, that comes from his mercy if we likewise aren't willing to extend that mercy to the people around us? Forgiveness is a good thing. It's good for us. I mean, it's certainly good for other people. Right? And it's certainly good for our relationship with God. Absolutely. That in and of itself would be reason to forgive. But also, forgiveness is good for us. Forgiveness is freedom. You know, forgiveness, it's hard. It's very hard. No one finds forgiving others easy. It's a challenge that we all face. And one of the things I think that makes forgiveness so hard for us is that when we forgive others, we must relinquish the moral high ground. And what I mean by that is that in our willingness to forgive others, we must come down from our perch that says, I am better than you. We must come down from our place where we're looking down upon those who have wronged us. And we must be able to say, you know, I'm no better than you. In fact, the only reason I'm able to be here is because my God has been merciful. And while you have wronged me, I in my heart am going to be merciful to you as well. And in that forgiveness that we have for others, when we forgive from our heart, we release legitimate claim that we have to the anger within us. That anger that will just burn within us. We say, I'm releasing that anger. I am forgiving the person who is in front of me. The person who has committed egregious acts upon me. I'm releasing my anger. When we fail to forgive, though, we find ourselves in a prison of our own design. Sure, you've been wrong. Sure, it was terrible. Absolutely. But when we live in unforgiveness, we allow that anger to be trapped within. And that anger eats us up, burns us up, 
cuts through the very insides of us, destroys our relationships with other people, people who've done us no wrong, we have created a nice and secure prison to keep the anger within. But in our unforgiveness, we find that anger released and freedom comes for us. The Mayo Clinic provides some benefits that come from forgiveness. And so this just comes from research, medical research, the benefits of forgiveness, healthier relationships, less anxiety, less stress and hostility, improved heart health, improved mental health, fewer symptoms of depression, improved self-esteem, lower blood pressure, a stronger immune system, Just through your willingness to forgive. Forgiveness is freedom. Forgiveness allows us to live the life that God desires for us. One of the things with forgiveness that we're going to find is forgiveness is an action, not a feeling. Because when it comes to our feelings, we have been rightly betrayed. But we can let our actions lead us. And we're going to let our actions lead us in a way that we are willing to say, you know, I forgive you. And that doesn't mean there aren't still consequences that come from the wrongs that have been done to us. But it does mean we are releasing the anger that we have regarding that matter. And I hope for you that forgiveness can become a spiritual discipline. Something that you practice on a regular basis. You know, those little things that people do, those little ways that those around you take advantage of you. Just forgive them. Right there on the spot, right there at the moment, right when it happens. God, I forgive. God, I forgive. There are some wrongs, though, that we hold on to more tightly. Legitimate wrongs, by all rights of fairness. We should hold that grudge. We should still hold anger towards the other person. But we need to extend them the forgiveness that God has forgiven us. And the way forward, I'm going to encourage you, I'm going to give you something to do today. That person that you need to forgive, I want you to just write it down. Maybe if you've got your phone, you're going to just type it out. It doesn't need for anyone else to see. If you've got paper, you can write it down. I forgive and just put the name in there. I forgive whatever that name is for whatever reason, whatever they've done, just write it down. You don't need to show that to anyone. You don't need to call the other person. That's between you and God. I also want you to say it. Find some quiet place in your house and just let the words come out. doesn't need to be loud. Once again, these aren't for other people to hear. It's for you to hear and you to bring before your God. I forgive What's their name and what have they done? Just write it down. Say it. Find a path forward on forgiveness. I'm going to leave you with one final illustration. Imagine there's a mountain before you. And God's purpose for you is to climb to the top of that mountain. It's beautiful up there. It's great. It's going to be, it's going to be, the trip is hard to make though. The time's just right. 
You've got just enough time if you leave early in the morning to make it before the sun sets. You're going to have to move fast. You're going to have to be brisk to find your way up that mountain. to The mountain peak that God calls you to. But unforgiveness, you know what it does? It keeps us from getting there. Those little small things around us that we don't forgive, right? Those little annoying things that your coworker does, that family member who always seems to remind you of your worst moment. Those just little day-to-day things, you know? They're just like little distractions from our journey. We need all the time. We've got to use all the time well to make it to the top. But those little distractions, they take away from the goal that we're trying to reach. And by the time the sunset reaches, we won't be at the top. We won't see the vista that God wants us to see. There's other things we have. There's legitimate wrongs in our life. Severe things that people have done to us. Those frustrations that we have within us. Those are like bricks that we put in our bag. And instead of a light pack so that we can make it to the top of that mountain... We've stuffed our pack with bricks of unforgiveness. And the weight's so heavy. As we're making it to the top, it's just exhausting because we can't carry it all the way there. If only we got those bricks out, we would make it to the top. But we carry that unforgiveness with us. Finally. There is significant harms that have been done to some people. Ongoing abuse and other horrific things that people have done. There are people who are hearing me now say, yes, I've experienced significant harms at another person. You know, those are like chains that we wrap around our body. And we just carry them with us wherever we go. We're never going to make it to the top. We're never going to reach the top of that mountain that God calls us to. Because underneath our clothes, we are carrying a burden that we can barely move with. And no one sees and no one notices because we've got it nicely hidden away. But those chains are like an anchor. And we never reach that beautiful place that God is calling us to. You know, even the greatest harms that have been done, we can release the anger that we have. We can forgive. And one of the things that is troubling for those who have suffered significant harms is this. God has forgiven that person. God has been merciful towards that person. God will forgive them. And that seems hard for us to understand. But that's the point that Jesus makes when he talks about that just overabundant sum of 10,000 bags of gold that is forgiven. Our God is a forgiving God. In the greatest things we do and the smallest things we do. Our God forgives us, and our God forgives the people around us. In the same way, let us be people who are willing to forgive. 
People who are willing to get those chains off of us. People who are willing to get those bricks out of our backpack. You know, let it go. People who won't be distracted on their day-to-day. Because they're like, I'm going to the top of that mountain. I want to be where God wants me to be. And I want to accomplish what God wants me to accomplish. And I want to see the beauty that is up there that God has for me. But to do that, you must forgive. That is my encouragement for all of us today. Let us know God's forgiveness and experience that. And then let us give that same forgiveness to those around us. Let me pray. God, we come before you this morning. We are thankful that you are a forgiving God. You are a loving God and you are a merciful God. God, I'm thankful that you are a just God. God, I just pray for each of us that we might understand the magnitude of what that means. In our own limited way, God, give us understanding. God, I pray for all of us as well you would give us courage, courage to move forward, to love the people around us just as you love them. We ask all this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.